Do you have a happy life? I mean, truly happy? If I asked you to define what a truly happy life looks like, could you do it? I'm starting the conversation about what it means to be truly happy from within and why things that you think create your happiness from outside of yourself are actually not what creates a truly happy life. So grab your cup of tea, sit back and chat with me. I've missed you. Welcome back to another episode of Darling So It Goes. I'm your host, Pascal. I'm sorry that I was missing in action last week, but my son graduated from high school this past weekend. So we were 100% focused on getting him ready, getting the party ready, celebrating him. It was such a great weekend. We had family come from out of town to stay with us, and so many family and friends came to his party to celebrate him. It was fantastic. The graduation itself was amazing. His high school really makes it personal to each child and makes it very personal to their graduating class. It's not necessarily cookie cutter speeches. It was just fantastic, so personal. I ugly cried just for a couple minutes though. It wasn't too bad. Not as bad as it could have been, I guess. Tonight, what we're going to be talking about is letting go. As you can imagine, in the spirit of yet another child graduating from high school, the topic of letting go is definitely on our minds. For better or for worse, you have to, right? I actually saw something on TikTok last night and it was a woman saying that she belongs to a group on social media and it's for parents of seniors getting them ready for college. And the one mother wants to move into college with her son for the first two to three weeks to be sure that he's settled, he can find all his stuff, to be sure he makes it to his classes, to make sure that he's making friends. Okay, so that's a great example of not letting go. And I know I don't wanna be that mom, and my son certainly does not want me to be that mom. So let's definitely explore the topic of letting go after a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. So in the spirit of letting go, the reason that this comes up so top of mind for me is like I said, my son just graduated from high school and come this fall, I'm gonna have two of my three babies away at college. Talk about letting go, my poor youngest. He is less than thrilled to be left home by himself with mom and dad, as I'm sure you can imagine. I don't think he's gonna have it so bad, but he might see things differently. So what are the times in your life when you've had to let go or needed to let go and maybe you couldn't or wouldn't? The first things that come to mind besides kids moving away to college or kids moving out because they're getting their own place or getting married, empty nest syndrome for moms and dads, sometimes even grandparents. What about the death of a parent. That is 100% an example of having to let go. If it is a sudden death, 
The process of letting go probably takes a lot longer just because you weren't prepared. You didn't have time to say your goodbyes. You didn't have time to make peace with your parent or thank them for everything they did for you. Whatever the case may be, you didn't have that time. So letting go for sure is gonna be a harder road if it's a sudden death. If it's an illness of a parent who then proceeds to pass away, the opposite is true. You've had that time to prepare yourself, to prepare your family, to say your goodbyes. The person, the parent who is passing away was blessed to have the time to make peace with anyone they needed to make peace with, to tie up loose ends, to say their goodbyes. I'm not saying that it makes it easy. Maybe it's easier, maybe it's not. Sometimes it's easier when it's sudden because there's not that prolonged agony and watching your parents suffer. But sometimes maybe it's easier when it's a longer term illness because you do have that time to prepare. So I think that the question varies from person to person as to which is or would be easier in letting go. But regardless of the way that it happens, there is still a letting go process, right? What about a broken relationship? It could be your best friend that you had a falling out with and you no longer speak to them. It could be that you've had it out with a family member and you no longer speak to that family member. Maybe it's a significant other. It's a breakup or especially if it wasn't one that you initiated or a divorce. All of those circumstances are times in your life when you need to let go. It could be that you were fired from a job. Maybe you identify with that job. And so if you were let go or laid off, being able to let go of that safety net, that identification of you as a person, because let's be honest, you are not your job, right? You are a person, you are a being, you are a soul. However you would describe yourself, your job title is just a descriptor. It's not you yourself. But in any case, being suddenly let go from a job or even having to leave your coworkers because you're relocating, all of those things are times in our lives where we have to let go. And it can be very difficult. So just like with the idea that your job is not your identity, it's just what you do. In that same regard, we need to think about that separation when we're trying to let go of someone or something. In the example of my son graduating from high school, my kids going off to college, the thing that we have to remember when we're trying to let go is that although they are my kids, they are our family, our kids, part of us, they're also separate from us. We can't keep them next to us for their whole lives. It really starts when they go off to pre-K or to kindergarten 
when you put them on that school bus or you walk them into their class for the first time, that is the beginning of the separation. That's the beginning of the letting go. And I'll tell you what, as hard as it was to put my daughter on the kindergarten school bus or drop my boys off at the classroom for the first day of kindergarten, it goes by in a blink. And when they graduate high school, you're so proud of them and their accomplishments and you're so excited for their future and what's coming next. But let me tell you this, when you leave them at college for the first time, that letting go, that separation is just as hard as when you drop them off at kindergarten for the first time. In some ways, maybe it's even harder because that's it. They're on their own. They make their own choices. And to be honest, at least the first two to three times when my daughter came home to visit from college last year, I cried when she had to leave to go back. But it's just part of that letting go. It's just part of that getting used to not having her here. And now we're going to have to do it all over again in the fall, not only with her, but also with my son who's going to a different college. So what we have to keep in mind again is that although we are one big family, although we're used to having them here with us, our lives are intertwined. We're separate. They're separate from us and we're separate from them. And so the way I like to think about that is we as people, all of us, we're in this journey of life. And I like to think of it as a path. And we're all on our own path, right? We start out as one family. And then this child goes off to kindergarten and they start this path that is all their own. And they go through elementary school and middle school and high school and their path is their own whether they play a musical instrument play a sport play three sports get involved in clubs or after school activities get a job participate in theater whatever it happens to be i'm sure you all feel the same way but although we have three children in our family all three children are so different. And while we tried to parent them the same, we did not end up parenting them the same because they're separate people. They're individuals. So each child is on their own path. And while their path does run parallel to ours, sometimes their path veers off in a different direction. And college is a great example of that. We're all on the same path with school and work and home life and friends and sports. But all of a sudden, the path just veers off a little bit to the right because the first child goes to school. So her path veers off to the right. My path is still in the same direction it was in. Now the second child's path is about to veer off to the right. And it's the same with friends. It's the same with family members. It's the same with your significant other, your spouse, your partner, whoever you're in a relationship with. You are simultaneously on one path together, but also on individual paths, hopefully running parallel to one another. Does that make sense to you? 
while my husband and I are on the same path, we're married, we have so many of the same values and so many of the same ethics and we want the same things for our children. We've got the same goals. We're on that path together, but separately, I have my business, Wicked Relaxed Mind, Body, and Soul, while my husband goes off to work and works for a company. But we're on different paths in that regard. We have different interests as far as things we like to do. He likes to ride motorcycles. I am very afraid of motorcycles and will occasionally get on the back with him. But I like to walk the beach and look for sea glass. Totally different paths in that regard. So that's the thing you have to remember about your friends or about your family members or about your spouse or about your children. In some regards, you're on the same path because of your relationship, but simultaneously you are on different paths and it's not my place to judge your path. It's not my place to stand in judgment of a family member's decisions on their path or a friend's decisions on their path. Just as it's not their place to stand in judgment of me for the decisions that I make and the choices I make when I'm on my path. So how do we do that? How do we stay on our own path, honor other people on their own path without holding judgment of the decisions of the choices that they make in their lives that are best for them on their own path? Well, I would say that the first thing is that we absolutely have to be clear on the fact that someone else's path is not your path and vice versa. So it's almost like a track that goes around a football field for running. There are different lanes on that track, right? And what would happen if every person ran in the same lane? They would end up running into one another. They would stumble over each other. They would knock each other down. They would trip, they would fall. Picture the track that goes around the football field and whoever the people are in your life that you're thinking of right now. Picture them, yourself included, each in your own lane on the track. So maybe you're in a lane, your spouse is in a lane, The next lane is for your friend. Maybe the next lane is for your sister or brother, right? As you go around the track, the track of your life, sometimes you're gonna switch lanes and you might briefly be in the same lane as another person, but you're not gonna stay there because you're going to want to pass someone or someone's gonna wanna pass you. So they're gonna move around you into their own lane again. And that is life. You can be in the same lane, but you also need to be in your own lane. So with the idea of we're on our own path, we need to stay in our own lane. Like I said, sometimes our path, our lane might veer off in a different direction, but that's okay. So part of letting go is acceptance. Acceptance that just because the person is making a choice, just because my daughter and now my son are making a choice to move away to college, to get an education, it is not a slight against me. It is them on their path. 
You know, I heard someone on social media not too long ago, and she's a coach as well. And she said something that totally blew my mind. And I'm going to share it with you now. She said, we can share our stories from our past with our children and we can use them as learning lessons just because our result was one way doesn't mean that that's going to turn out the same way for them. So what happens if you can't let go? Esther Hicks, you've heard me talk about her frequently. And as a matter of fact, that's the card deck that I'm going to pull a card from for, for tonight. And Esther Hicks, as I've told you before, but I'm going to just remind you or tell any new listeners, Esther Hicks channels spiritual beings or divine beings. And as a collective group, she calls them Abraham. One of the examples when Esther is talking about Abraham and, you know, living in the flow of life and doing what lights your soul on fire. One of the things that she talks about is the idea of being in a rowboat. If you are going against the current in a rowboat, it's going to be pretty hard to row, right? It's the same in life. If you're always fighting against things, life is going to be harder for you. Instead of fighting against the current, Esther says, just let go of the oars. Then what's going to happen? Your little rowboat is just going to flow downstream with the current. And it's not going to be hard for you at all. But putting up that resistance causes you to do hard work. It causes you fatigue, right? When you let go of the oars and you go in the flow of life, with the flow of life, you can just sit back in that rowboat you don't have to paddle. Life is going to carry you along. You're letting go. It's going to be easier. I'm not saying that you're not still going to have hard times in your life. There are still going to be hard situations that you have trouble working through or difficult relationships that you have trouble maneuvering. But when you're in those times, just remember that little analogy of letting go of the oars. The more you resist, and fight against the current, the more fatigued you're going to get. The more tired you'll be, the harder it's going to be, the more resistance you're going to feel. I'm not saying let people walk all over you, but what I'm saying is know when to fight and know when to choose your battles and let go of the oars. When you're trying to let go in any situation, I want you to ask yourself a few questions. The first one is, what will it look like if I release this person, thing, or idea? Instead of fighting against the current, what if you let go of the oars and let the current carry you? Okay, so question number two is, how will this letting go impact my life, positively and negatively? Because guess what? Sometimes when we let go, it's not always a positive impact. What if you get in a huge fight with your very best friend in the whole world and you've tried to repair it and it's just not repairable? And you get to the point where you say, 
you know what? I have to just let go. I can't keep fighting for this relationship if I'm the only one fighting. I have to let go of the oars. Positively, you're getting rid of that angst of always resisting, of always fighting against the current. But negatively, that person, you've that's it. Like you've made up your mind. That person is no longer in your life. So that might be a negative for you because while you're letting go of the resistance, it's still a loss. And whether it is losing a best friend, a death, a divorce, because a divorce is like death, not speaking to someone in your family, not getting along with your boss or one of your coworkers that you have to work closely with. Regardless of the example, letting go impacts you both positively and negatively especially if it's a situation that you're holding resistance for. The example of my son getting ready to go off to college, that's not actually affecting me negatively, is it? I mean, I guess because I'm going to be sad, but I'm so excited for him. I'm so proud of him. I have so much faith in his decision making. I really love watching him grow into the person that he is becoming and continues to become. He's evolving. And that as a parent is so rewarding. So yes, I'm gonna be sad, but he's gonna come home again. And we're still gonna continue our relationship. And by my letting go, it only affects our relationship positively, not negatively. So first question was, what will it look like if I release this person thing or idea? Second per, second question, how will this letting go impact my life both positively and negatively? And then the third question is what lessons have I learned from this person, thing, experience, or idea? Because let's face it, in life, it's all about learning the lessons, isn't it? It's all about trial and error. It's all about finding your success. And how many times do you have to fail before you're finally successful? It can be one, it could be zero, or it could be 500. Who knows, right? I know Steve Jobs has talked about this. I know Bill Gates has talked about this. I know that Oprah has talked about this. So many successful people have talked publicly about how many times they failed before they found success and failure is part of success. So in all those failures, in all those experiences, we've learned lessons from them. Those people learned lessons from them about how to build it differently, how to show up differently, how to go about something differently. So to demonstrate this idea of everything teaching us lessons through life, I'm going to use the example of my massage therapy practice. I loved my office. I loved my business. Wicked relaxed massage therapy and body work. But I did not have the greatest of boundaries when it came to scheduling clients. And if someone called me and said, is there any way you can see me this evening because I hurt my back and la 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 whatever the case may be, 
I would say yes. And I would do what I needed to do to make that happen. Or even though I didn't like to see more than three or four clients in a day, just for my own physical well-being and my own protecting my own energy, sometimes I would if someone needed me. So I ended up closing my practice because I was missing too many things with my kids. And that was my priority, was staying home with my kids and watching them grow up and not missing anything. Fast forward to last year, I revamped Wicked Relaxed as Wicked Relaxed Mind, Body, and Soul. So now I lead women who are unhappy or dissatisfied in their lives to find their true happiness through discovery of self, passion, and life's purpose. So the reason I use this example is one of the things that led me to close my business was this idea of not having strong enough boundaries. I made time for people even when it was supposed to be time for my family. I made time for people even when it was going to zap my energy or fatigue me physically. So now that I have revamped Wicked Relaxed as mind, body, and soul, what I've learned is that I for sure need to have solid boundaries in place. I need to adhere to those boundaries and I don't feel badly about that anymore. Because I'm able to keep those boundaries in place, I don't miss things with my family. I am available to get my son ready for graduation or prom or go to all the sporting events or move my daughter out of college or go out to lunch with my son on our birthday or go out to lunch every once in a while with my husband when he's working from home because I have those boundaries in place. This is my working time, this is my family time. And I had to learn that along the way. I had to feel the detriment to learn the lesson. Third question again is, what lessons have I learned from this experience? Let's use it in the example of not speaking to a family member or a friend. If you truthfully sit back and think about it objectively and without bias, I could 99.999% of the time bet you that just the other person isn't the only one at fault, right? The old saying, there are three sides to every story, his, hers, and the truth, right? You're seeing the issue through your lens of your life experiences. The other person is seeing the issue through their lens of their life experience. Are those two life experiences gonna be exactly the same? So is your vision through your lens gonna be exactly the same as the other person's? Absolutely not. So can you see that even though there are things that you don't like that the other person did, you can probably imagine if you are trying to be objective and unbiased and to be honest with yourself, you should be able to see, no shoulds, you probably would be able to see that to some extent you are both at fault. And then it goes back to how do you fix it? 
the first thing that I used to tell my kids and it used to drive them crazy is to let go of the rope. Think about back in elementary school when you had field day and one of the stations was the tug of war and you have everybody on one side pulling and you have everybody on the other side pulling. Everybody is pulling as hard as they can pull because they wanna win. But guess what? One way to stop the struggle of the pulling is to let go of the rope. Then what's gonna happen? You're no longer fatiguing yourself. You're no longer putting up resistance. You're letting go of the rope. So if the other team or the other person is still pulling on that rope, they're the only one who is putting forth resistance. They're the ones because they're still pulling, they're gonna fall on their butts. If you are still participating in that fight, you're resisting, you're pulling on that rope, you're fatiguing your muscles, you're fatiguing your body, you're fatiguing your spirit, your energy, whatever it happens to be. If you let go of the rope and you say, you know what, I'm just gonna be on my path and what you do doesn't have to affect my life, you have no more resistance. You're not putting forth the effort to fight, right? They're gonna fall on their butts. Who are they fighting with at this point? What point are they trying to make? If there's no resistance, what is it that they're fighting for? What if it's possible to live and have a relationship with other people without the need to be right? What if it's possible to have a relationship with someone without judging the choices that they make in their life and you just spend time with them, enjoying yourself and having gratitude for the time you can spend together and for that enjoyment? What if you don't like the choices that I make and I don't like the choices that you make, but when we're together, we can still laugh and have fun? Can that be enough? I'll be honest with you, I think it can. I think I've talked about this before, but something that I didn't realize until I was an adult and maybe in my late 30s, maybe my early 40s, is that every friend doesn't have to be everything to one person. You can have different friends for different purposes. So I can have my friend that I go out with and laugh with and dance with and have fun with, but maybe she's not my friend that I go to to help me solve problems or give me advice. Can I not still be friends with her for the part of her that I enjoy? Of course I can. So with that same regard, can you still, in most circumstances, Put the judgment in your pocket or better yet, stomp it out, walk away from it and look at a person for their good qualities and not with the judgment that you previously held for them. And maybe the good qualities are enough for you to continue that relationship. So maybe instead of letting go of the entire person, you're letting go of an idea that that person has to be everything to you. You're letting go of the idea that in order to be in your life and worthy of your time, another person has to be perfect. They have to know how and 100% of the time show up for you 
in the way that you require. I just don't think that's realistic. I don't think that that's how life works. If that's what works for you, you're on your own path, you do you, but that's not what works for me. I have learned, and it's not always easy, but what I have learned through my life experiences to this point, because we're always learning, right? Is to try to meet people where they are, not to expect more from people than they are able to give. Hold gratitude for what they're able to give, the time that they're able to spend, and the happiness that they're able to bring in whatever circumstance that happens to be, whatever that looks like for you and that person. I had said earlier that I was going to use the Getting Into the Vortex cards by Esther and Jerry Hicks, The Teaching of Abraham. So I asked the cards to give us a card to help us in this journey of letting go, of learning to let go, and of letting go the way that we want to let go so that we're able to sit comfortably in our own energy. And the card that jumped out is, my thoughts join a powerful swirling vortex of attraction. The card says, in the same way that the law of attraction is responding to the thoughts, words, and actions that you are offering here in your physical reality, the law of attraction is always responding powerfully to your vibrational reality. When the law of attraction, the universal manager of all vibrations, responds to the clarity of vibration offered by your expanding inner being, the result is a powerful swirling vortex of attraction. In letting go, no matter what that is in your life that you're finding the need to let go of, Think about how that law of attraction can work for you in letting go. First, what you put into the universe comes back to you, right? We've talked about this. I think everybody basically understands it. Some people call it karma. Some people call it the vortex. Some people call it the flow. Whatever you call it, what you put out into the universe comes back for better or for worse. So in the spirit of letting go, the first thing I recommend you doing is thinking about what you want that situation to look like, the situation of letting go, the action of letting go. What is your best case scenario if it goes as smoothly as it could possibly go? Let's talk about this example of It's not exactly of letting go, but it might make you better understand what I'm talking about. Something that one of my kids' teachers told them was that when it comes to drinking, for example, and going to parties as a teenager, if you go to that party and you are not prepared and someone offers you a drink, you might feel peer pressured to take the drink and drink it, right? However, if before you even go to that party, you have your mind made up of what's gonna happen in that moment when someone offers you a drink, you've decided I'm not gonna accept the drink. Whatever the case happens to be, have your response prepared ahead of time. Because in the moment, 
you may not respond the way your inner self wishes that you would respond. Make sense? It's the same way with letting go. Whatever you need to let go of, have the idea in your mind, the plan of how you would like to see it go down. What you would like the best case scenario to look like. Am I gonna cry when I drop my daughter off at college again for her sophomore year? Pretty sure I will, because I'm used to having her home already. Am I gonna cry when I drop my son off for his first year of college? Yup, pretty sure I will. Am I gonna throw myself on the ground wailing or refusing to leave? Nope. What do I want that best case scenario to look like? I wanna get my son all moved into college. I want to maybe have lunch with him. I want to ask him if he needs anything from the store. I might want to tuck a little note under his pillow or in his desk drawer when I leave. I might want to send him goofy selfies on the car ride home just to cheer him up and to make myself laugh. Whatever I want that letting go in that moment to look like, I'm going to have a vision of it before it's time to do it. Is it ever going to go as perfectly as you plan? Usually not. When you go in to have a baby, they tell you to have a birth plan, right? That's your best case scenario. That's what you want to have happen. Is it necessarily going to go that way? Not necessarily. It doesn't always go perfectly. But if you're prepared, if you have an idea in your mind of how you would like to lead with kindness, of how you would like to see this happening, of how best case scenario of letting go is going to go for you, you're prepared for whatever else happens along the way because you know how you wanna show up. You know how you wanna respond and that's gonna make all the difference. So put in the universe how you want it to go. Put in the universe how you wanna show up to that circumstance. Put in the universe how you want it to happen what you want it to look like, and then surrender that. Let that go. Let the idea of that go. Put all the details into the universe and then let go of the details. Because again, it's not always gonna go perfectly. When you're in labor and you're giving birth, you can't stop and say, but this isn't on my birth plan. You have to let the birth plan go, even if it doesn't go exactly the way you wished it did and carry on, right? It's the same in life. It's the same for letting go in life. So mamas, papas, nanas, papas, boyfriends, girlfriends, family members, friends, coworkers, whoever, whoever you need to let go, lead with kindness, lead with grace, show up the way you wanna show up in this life. And no matter what letting go is going to look like for you, just remember to say, darling, so it goes. Always do your best. Always lead with kindness. Keep moving forward. And don't forget to go within because you are your best source of wisdom. Good night.